0: Have you ever wanted to connect with someone, but you stopped yourself? Excuses to connect is a podcast about actively creating the conditions that make meaningful connections easier. In other words, you can make excuses to connect. Join me, Richard Lee Tai, as I have conversations with experts, friends and strangers on their struggles and successes when it comes to human connections. As a listener, I hope that you can take these insights and find excuses to connect with more people. After all, You never know how any connection can transform your life. Welcome to episode 27 of the Excuses to Connect podcast. A bit of background about myself for listeners that don't know. I was born and raised in the city of Calgary in Canada, but my parents are immigrants from Vietnam. They came here and made many sacrifices so that I could have a better life. When I was in grade 7, I started volunteering for the first time and it was with an organization called Immigrant Services Calgary. The program was to support immigrant youth with their transition into Canada. So we would go on volunteering projects together at different service agencies around the city, help them practice English, and also to make new friends. Volunteering became integrated with my life and has shaped who I am today. Over 10 years from when I started volunteering with Immigrant Services Calgary, It's a great honor and privilege to now have the CEO of Immigrant Services Calgary, Haider Hassan, as a guest on the podcast. Immigrating from Pakistan in 1999, he had a one-liner about his dream in Canada. It was the line, I want to create massive change within myself and others around me. Since then, he has been at the head of the Innovative Gateway Program, which is transforming the newcomer experience, and also being highly involved in his community including through Toastmasters, Rotary, Big Brothers, and Big Sisters, among many other organizations. In this episode, we explore his three R's that are central to his worldview, the story of how he became the CEO of Immigrant Services Calgary, and his values when it comes to leadership and mentorship. This is Unleashing the Potential of Newcomers with Haider Hassan. Hello, Haider. It's an honor to have you on the podcast today. How are you doing?
1: Thank you so much, Richard. I am doing really well. Thanks.
0: So Haider's been on other podcasts before as well. So my first question's centered around that. So when you were on the Immigrant Story podcast, you shared about the concept of these three R's of relationships, reciprocity, and return on social investment. So to start off, could you share with listeners what those three R's mean to you?
1: Yeah, absolutely, Richard. Thanks so, so much for having me on your podcast. So it's always a pleasure to learn from you and you're doing some remarkable work. Oh, thank you. Keep that up. I think relationships are key because as you're trying to encourage folks to go out there, and I think, as you said, you're trying to create the right conditions for people to meet, build mm-hmm. connection, learn from each other. What I meant to say about relationships was that, for example, we focus a lot on skill development in our careers, right? So you you will probably get a learning and development plan, you'll try to see what your ne- next five years look like. And mm-hmm. probably you'll find a mentor and learn from that mentor. But even if you're applying for jobs, you know, you could have like a double-sided bi- business card of designations, for example. Mm-hmm. But it's that relationship that you'll create with that person that's going to take a chance on you. Right. So you're more than just your, your skills. You're more than just your accolades. And I think it's a values discussion. So relationships are critical because I look at relationships as 360 relationships, 360 degree relationships. You'll always have someone that you're accountable to in an official role. For example, a CEO, Mm -hmm. a lot of people would think, wow, you know, only when I become a CEO, then I will have all this accountability and empowerment. Mm -hmm. Well, let me burst the bubble right there because you will have 10 or 11 or even more a volunteer board of directors if you're a nonprofit, mm-hmm. if you're for profit then it's paid board of directors right so you're always accountable yeah. managing across to other ceos in the sector are you going to build relationships with them to lend a hand so what are you going to do differently if you were that person what would you want to do so again right goes back on relationship and then the final thing is as you're leading your teams if you don't lead with the values you won't build trust and trust mm-hmm. is a golden word that is the, I would say the the marker of a good relationship. Because if you trust on the team, you have trust in your family, you trust in your friends, mm-hmm. and then you can be your authentic self and grow and uh, learn to give feedback and to receive feedback.
0: Mm-hmm. And then I'm wondering if you could touch on these other two R's as well, sure. like reciprocity and return on social investment.
1: Right. Once you create the right conditions to build trust with people, then you can get into this magic of reciprocity. I call it point C's. What is a point C? Well, in most of our lives, we have healthy debate. In fact, most people don't even like to have healthy debate because we'd rather keep the artificial harmony intact. Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You know there's an elf in the room. You know you have to give your friend that feedback because they failed something and you know why they failed. But we always are diplomatic and we give the sandwich approach which i don't get by the way <laughs> uh, you know you 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 kind of put the positive i think in the middle and you no i think it's the opposite you start with the positive you put the negative nudge yeah. and then you start with the positive why why is, why, did, why do you have to be a sandwich why can't you just be yourself <laughs> <laughs> uh uh-huh. so reciprocity is the magic formula and um, i attribute this to my sociology professor at waterloo dr westews and he taught us a lot about this. So you come in with point A, Richard, I come in with point B. Mm-hmm. And let's say after a healthy debate on a topic, we both reach point C. Mm-hmm. That means both of us grew. And that's what reciprocity means in that situation. Now, if you want to look at the, the value add of, of that approach in my life, either in, as in community service, um, helping out someone in government, private sector, you know, I've, I was always relied on to bring that reciprocity on the table because we build healthy relationships. So the dialogues become more authentic Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: you can tackle the world's most complex challenges. If you have the relationships intact and reciprocity. And the final is return on social investment. So I always have this philosophy that quality activities supersedes any results you're trying to achieve. So if you put in the right quality activities, and what is what do I mean by quality activity? You gotta focus on the authentic relationships. If the trust reservoir is going down with someone, try to rebuild the trust reservoir and bring it back up, Right. use reciprocity principle, and you will get return on social investment, double bottom line result. Not only mm. will you have a personal impact to someone, but you can in fact create a, a group impact. You can create a culture. For example, Richard, you're part of something called the Road Rock 21 group. Mm-hmm. I, I love attending your meetings. I always get energized and it's all virtual, right? Because yes. of the pandemic, yeah. but what, what is the magic sauce why people are being attracted to that group and, and the way you communicate in a respectful way. Here's another thing. I, I got a notification on Slack because you were kind enough to add me to that group uh, that I think there was like a, a 1,200 messages exchanged in a month's time, oh. <laughs> that is just remarkable. Right. right. That mm-hmm. means that there's dialogue and relationship reciprocity and return of social investment going on.
0: Right. Wow. You already, there's so many valuable tidbits already <laughs> and so many threads to explore of mentorship and finding this point C and people taking a chance on you. So hopefully we can explore all these threads. One of the words you brought up as well as around values. So I want to be able to center a conversation around that. When you immigrated from Pakistan to Canada in 1999, you had a one-liner, a prayer where you said, I want to create massive change within myself and others around me. So why
1: was that your prayer? Yeah, Richard, because I had a younger brother and a younger sister, my family, you know, people were telling my dad that he needed Canadian experience to get a job in engineering in, in Canada, even though he had worked in the States, mm-hmm. he had worked in Finland, Venezuela, China, and he was a pipeline engineer. So I think I just knew that I had to set the, the bar high so that my, my siblings wouldn't give up on the journey. Mm. And that actually prayer came from a lot of questioning. And I think if you ask yourself why you want to do something multiple times, some people say that, well, you ask that why question five times and you kind of get to the answer. If you can not go to the mm-hmm. next why, mm-hmm. if the answer remains the same, then that is probably close to your why. So I asked myself that question mm-hmm. and I said, like, why, what's my purpose here? Like, why am I here? What am I going to be doing? And I think if, if that was the answer. And then there was no other why. I kept on asking myself, how do you, like, uh, why do you want to create massive change within myself and, um, and others around me? Mm-hmm. And that was it. And then I started with myself first, because self-awareness-wise, you need to, of course, lead by example, lead yourself really well. Mm -hmm. Then you earn the right to lead from your siblings, your family members, and that kind of percolated outside in the scope. So it went to community, it went to my work. I've advanced many people in my career, both formally and informally, and I'll continue to do so because others advance me. Mm -hmm. So that's how this formula became almost like a... Again, it goes back to the three R's, you know, power relationships, reciprocity, and the return on social investment is that I was able to afford a lifestyle where I could give back even more.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have such an inspiring story. I just want to say that (laughs) through all the different positions that you've gone through, and currently you're the CEO with Immigrant Services Calgary. And for listeners that are unfamiliar with what Immigrant Services Calgary is and what they do, could you share with listeners about that?
1: Yes, so we are here to unleash the economic, social and civic potential of newcomers. And newcomers, 60% of them are economic newcomers. So they're critical to the post-pandemic recovery, economic recovery, because the stats are very simple. 1,000 families, if we onboard them correctly,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: then they will generate $20 million worth of tax revenue in Calgary. But then outside of the 60% economic immigrants, we also help the vulnerable newcomers
0: mm-hmm.
1: who also studies have shown after 20 years provide a return on investment. There are our doctors, our lawyers, uh, six out of 10 healthcare workers in the pandemic. You can trace them back to the newcomer immigration program. Mm. Uh, this year we have more than 400,000 of them coming. So our heroic team, has introduced something called planning, gateway planning. So Mm -hmm. gatewayconnects.ca, where every single newcomer family goes through the plan and we ask those first three questions. What are your dreams? What are your goals? And what are your priorities? Mm -hmm. The quicker we can get to folks being aligned with those three questions and the answers, the quicker they can integrate Mm -hmm. and uh, make Canada even more successful. As you know, we're one of the top countries in the world. Mm-hmm. And our immigration program is cited as a best practice.
0: Wonderful. And on this note about unleashing potential, like within these newcomers, I'm wondering if you have like an example or story to share. Of I'm, I'm sure you have many, but like of the potential that newcomers have coming to Canada and the life they can make here.
1: Yes. I'll give you a story from a rotary story from last evening. Mm. So I was at the Rotary Fish Creek meeting, and uh, there was a guest there. He's a brand new newcomer from Nigeria. And I was just going through his resume with him, and he was asking me a lot of questions about Calgary. He had just moved from Ontario. In fact, he had landed in Ontario and then moved to Calgary because he heard there was a good place to raise a family, and I validated that really quickly, Mm -hmm. and I said it is. So the question that he was asking me was, you know, how can I remove my qualifications from my resume so I appear more Canadian? Mm. So think about that for a second. So he took out his graduate degrees, he took out his other postdoc qualifications and designations that he's achieved mm. so that he appears less threatening.
0: Mm.
1: And so of course, as you can imagine, we kind of turned that discussion around The reason why I mentioned that is there's a lot of folks that believe that story. Hmm. And true, it is hard because newcomers, they face discrimination in two tranches. The first tranche, you don't have Canadian experience is the answer given by some some folks in HR department, the people leaders that are hiring. Now, I'm proud to say that that is changing quite rapidly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with the advent of diversity, equity, inclusion, I'm really proud to see that that's not the case. But the second thing that people are seeing is that, oh, you're too overqualified for the job. So our narrative is that, well, Canada accepted you for those same qualifications and in fact gave you points, bonus points in some cases to attract you so you could actually be a net job creator. Mm -hmm. So I look at our immigrants as our future leaders and job creators and, and enhancing our life. So that's one story that came to mind. And you know, what's heartbreaking is that This person has deep tech experience and has also done some, I think he was a certified Scrum Master, project management professional. Mm -hmm. And he said to me that he's volunteering for a year at this organization to prove and enhance his Canadian Mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. That's one. The other one, I have a success story for you, in fact, Richard. It's uh, someone that came two years ago. Uh, He's given me permission to use his name, so I can tell you who it is. is Neeraj Gupta. And uh, he came here as an economic immigrant, a tech entrepreneur under the Startup Visa program, which means that when entrepreneurs come here, they're here to invest and create jobs. Well, happy to announce that within a year of his arrival, he's on several strategic uh, boards now. Wow. He is the chief advisor to the CEO of Adabotics, which is a global logistics uh, innovation from Calgary. He is on the Invest Alberta Crown Corp Advisory Board. Then he, we recruited him on Immigrant Services Calgary's board um, as a board mm-hmm. member too, and then he has a couple of other startups that he's working on. And you know what he said to me was that he said, out of all the places he's lived in the world, he's lived in Europe, he's lived in California, mm-hmm. uh, he's lived in India—that's his origin. He said that this is the best place to live, work, and play, and wow. he has twin daughters. And, yeah. he, and he actually believes that they can unleash their potential. So that's a really heartwarming story, isn't it? Mm. I do strongly believe that Calgary, Alberta, Canada, even sometimes you get a bad branding rep mm. that you know there's going to be some barriers put on purposely. In fact, I am a big believer in our community in Calgary. I think isolated incidents shouldn't let uh, us get in the way of all the folks in Calgary that have come forward Mm-hmm. Quite recently, with the Afghan crisis, mm-hmm. you know, our phone keeps on ringing, uh, ringing every day. I've got LinkedIn messages from people saying, "How can we help?" Right. And I think that's the Canadian story, isn't it? Because
0: mm-hmm. Calgary,
1: Alberta, was built on intra migration from uh, other provinces: Saskatchewan, Manitoba,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Nova Scotia. Right. It doesn't matter where you come from; here, you can unleash your potential. But you're correct; there are many hundreds of stories. If yeah. I can put a nudge in, please attend the Immigrants of Distinction Awards that's going to happen in the next few months. Mm-hmm. We've been doing it for almost two decades. So that's the way, if any Calgary is listening to this, please purchase tickets, and I can guarantee you, you'll feel inspired that mm-hmm. our city is in good hands.
0: Yes, I have, I have attended one of those before, actually, many years ago as a volunteer. So,
1: And how was that for you?
0: It just, on your point, like there's so many wonderful inspirational people doing great work in Calgary I think just being able to celebrate that and yes we're, we're in good hands
1: <laughs> great
0: I, and I know there's a story for you of how you became the CEO of Immigrant Services Calgary in this leadership position and it wasn't that you were intentionally seeking it out, so I found that story very fascinating. So I wonder if you could share with listeners about that story as well. Sure.
1: Yeah, that was a really fascinating story indeed. And I was in finance at that point over 15 years in different roles, all the way from audit to business analyst to um, that that year I was the head of wealth management. I was very really happy with what I was doing, mm-hmm. and I was on you know on the um, from a succession plan planning perspective. I haven't shared this before, but I'll share that with you, Richard. I was earmarked for some CEO role for some credit unions. Mm. And even in that organization, uh, my boss sat me down and said, look, you've been been picked to be the C-suite for head of HR and and combination of wealth management. So Mm. again, all these great people that I had around me, you know, calling me out when I was not doing my best, you know, so that was great. But then a call came from the headhunters and they were looking for the CEO for this organization. So I was heavily involved in, with newcomers ever since, you know, in, since 1999, because of mm-hmm. that quote and the prayer that I was telling you about, right? Mm-hmm. I want to create massive change within myself and others around me. So anytime a newcomer or a group of newcomers wanted to reach out to me, I would give them seminars, take them on as mentees. At one point, I had a list of 25 people I was mentoring at any given time. Wow. And I, and I, I couldn't keep up. Yeah, yeah. So I talked to my wife and I said, you know, I, I think I'm burning out here. So she suggested, like, we should scale up that approach and I should do group mentoring. Hmm. So I have to give kudos to junior achievement, big brothers, big sisters, I learned how to do this properly, right. And then I kudos to all the leaders who took a chance on me over the past few years. So you learn all these things. Anyway, long story short, the recruiter called me saying, look, uh, do you have any referrals? And in fact, I had referrals for her mm-hmm. because I was working in the community. I knew, I knew who the transformational leaders were, mm-hmm. gave her the names. And then she said to me, she's like, Hyder, what about you? I said, and I started laughing. I said, have you looked at my CV? <laughs> I'm, I'm your pure <laughs> finance guy. Yeah. But then she said, look, but you have created a nonprofit with your wife you, mm. you are I, I said, to you, but that's a board chair role. I'm not a CEO of that, but anyway, she convinced me to put the name in the hat. Right. So that's another mm-hmm. kind of a junior recruiter. And this goes out to all the folks in HR that don't think they're adding value. You know, a person who had just started was telling me, no, no, I think you seem to be the type of profile that they're looking for. Mm. So, you know, so she took a chance, right. And then mm-hmm. put it in, in the roster. Now I'll take you to the final interview because a lot of interesting things happened there. I honestly, I kid you not, I was not expecting them to pick me. So I said to my wife, you know what I'll do? I'll do my classic hider strategic plan. I love strategy. You know, know, it's one of my strength zones and Mm -hmm. I really enjoy the process of strategic planning. And I said, you know, I'll just do a diagnostic for them, tell them there's strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Mm -hmm. So I'm in the interview with the panel and I'm saying to them, yeah, by the way, my concluding remarks, I still remember them. I said, by the way, you don't have to take a chance on a newcomer here or hire a newcomer. You just need to hire a CEO with these type of value attributes. So all the best. And, uh, you know, and I'll see you again. So I felt really good about that. I called my wife, said, Oh, I feel good. I added value. It was a Friday evening. I was in my office and my wife was uh, going to pick me up. We uh, just had a newborn. So we were Mm. excited about that. So she had Mm. the car. I remember getting the call from the recruiter. She said, Higher they want to advance towards next steps. So my mind went into, oh, perfect. They like the strategic plan. (laughs) So they want me to come back again to tell them more. Yeah. And I said, Yeah, I would love to do that. And she said, No, you're the CEO. And the phone literally, I I fumbled the phone and remember I I took the phone again. I said, What? But I told them the truth. And you know what she said? She said, "I, I think they liked it. Then I called my mentor, who's a retired finance guy, Lou Mulligan, and I asked him what to do. And he said, it's an honor that they think that you've got the transformational mindset. Would you regret not taking it now? And the answer was yes. And he asked me, what would you be doing five years from now? And I said, probably the same thing or something similar in management and finance. So then I said, you know what? I need to make the step change. This gave me a chance to really impact massive change within myself as a new CEO of a nonprofit, because I didn't know what I was doing. I had to really get into the learning mindset. Mm-hmm. And then here we are with the Gateway Transformation, which has been cited as a national model, could be mm-hmm. a national model of how we onboard newcomers, not only in Canada, but internationally. How amazing right. is that,
0: right? Yeah. See, this is why I'm so excited to talk with you. you just... <laughs> it's fantastic. I think it and it highlights these three hours you're talking about as well. Like there's many people that took a chance on you and you've taken oh, chances seriously? on other people.
1: Well, I'll, I'll share another story that I haven't shared before. So mm. in this panel, the, one of the, our previous board chair, Shirley mm-hmm. Phillips, she's been a multiple time CEO. She was debating whether to take such a risk, right? Because mm-hmm. again, I'm not your typical nonprofit CEO. Now, actually, if you're seeing, now, leaders are coming from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. I think values, people are, get, are getting the point now, the values are more important. Technical leadership matters, but adaptable leadership matters more. Mm-hmm. So I think a few people had doubts, but she, she told me recently that you know, people weren't convinced, but she, again, put my CV forward. Mm-hmm. So yet again, Richard, that 3R formula yeah. is proven, right? Because right. it took that one person to see the relationship, build the reciprocity on what the point C was and where mm-hmm. we needed to take Immigrant Services Calgary. And now we're enjoying the fruits of our labor because we are mm-hmm. one of the biggest agencies and we've seen some record newcomers onboarded.
0: Mm-hmm. Fantastic. One of the words you brought up was leadership and I guess different types of leadership as well of adaptable leadership and technical leadership. So since you started your CEO position to where you are now, what have you learned about
1: leadership and what that means to you? Yes, the most critical thing, and this may sound very cheesy, is the ability to first of all, create a compelling vision, which is inspirational for folks. Mm-hmm. Why is that important? Because a lot of people in our lives and probably the pandemic has kind of floated this question. People are now looking even more for passion and purpose, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Right? They're finding that, well, you know what? I just don't want to be in a job just for the cash flow reason only. And so they're looking at like the why question. Mm-hmm. Why am I doing this? And, and I think if you create a compelling vision for the organization, and I think as CEO, that is your core job it it has to start there and i think then you'll attract the right people to be on the on that plane with you or if you want to use a train example mm-hmm. and and the second thing that i've i continue to learn about leadership is how do you give feedback to your teammates and how do you receive feedback from them
0: mm.
1: it's easy to say yes i like feedback but if you're you have to have a lot of courage to give someone feedback to call out the elephant in the room I'll give you an example from my morning meeting. One of my leaders, we were having a chat and they were talking about capacity. That, look, Mm -hmm. uh, we're in a startup mode. I don't have capacity to take on this other project. Mm -hmm. And my point was that, well, we need to do this because if you want to see 80% of newcomers in the city and help create outcomes, we need to do this. We Mm -hmm. can't say no to that. So after a lot of back and forth, we achieved point C. Mm At one point though, the colleague said to me, you know what? I am just going to stop now because I don't want to go in circles is a the word they used. Mm. And I don't want to uh, create this conflict to which I responded. I said, no, we need to have healthy conflict on this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's perfectly okay for you to call me out and for me to call you out. Let's, let's see what we can do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I kid you not in a few half an hour, uh, Of course, despair is still inside of both of us, I guess, Mm -hmm. but it goes back to the relationship. We have a trusted relationship which created reciprocity and the decision that we made will now onboard a key partner onto Gateway. Right. So giving and receiving feedback is another one. I'll give you one more example and we can move on to that one uh, and to the next question. Mm -hmm. I had a colleague recently that joined the team who has been a position title leader, as I mentioned, technical leader, you know what I mean by that is, you've got the titles on your CV, you've been published, right? Like you've mm-hmm. you've got the designations. And I gave this colleague some feedback on on what I I had observed. And we follow SPI is the acronym we use. We try not to use a lot of acronyms, but situation, the behavior we observed, and the impact it had on the team. So SPI mm-hmm. feedback loop. Mm-hmm. Gave it to this colleague who was craving this feedback and said to me that the reason why they joined the team was because of that culture that we have. Mm. After the fifth day of me giving, picking up the phone, giving SBI feedback, they said to me that they wanted me to lay them off. Mm. And I said to them, why? And they said, well, clearly I'm not meeting expectations. So I had to remind them again on the vision. I said, but I shook your hand for those 400,000 newcomers. And the second thing I remember is that you wanted to grow here. So I'm giving you what you asked. So -hmm. what's the disconnect?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So after a lot of back and forth, you know what the person said to me is that, I know I was asking for feedback, but I've never been given feedback like this in my life. Mm -hmm. So I guess my lesson to myself is I'm learning how to receive it. I said, perfect. And yes, uh, we will never let you quit here uh, because you came here for newcomers. I'm not going to let you quit, right? Because I I didn't quit on myself. Right. Again, goes back to the three R principles and what I mentioned before, you know, creating that massive change within myself, I could see the strength zones in in this person, Mm -hmm. but again, leadership matters, Richard, because it takes a leader to kind of help someone not fall off a ledge, right. Mm -hmm. Or go into a path where they're going to destroy themselves. Who's going to do it. Right. Are we all waiting for that leader to arrive or are you going to do something in -hmm. that moment? So that's what I mean by adaptable leadership which mm-hmm. means that even a frontline colleague that's taking our phone calls today is my hero. Mm. I actually rely on their data and put more on what's happening in the organization than I would do at the leadership team.
0: Right. There's just so much wonderful knowledge from you. <laughs> I I had another question too on this point. So you brought up trust a few times as well. Yes. Because it seems like you have very open communication and a healthy way that you can yeah go through conflict and all that. But I'm, I'm curious... Just as a more general question, how have you built up trust with
1: people? Right. Really good question. So I think, first of all, there you need to be self-aware of your top five values. And mm. if folks who are listening, if you haven't done anything like that, no worries. I attribute that to a coach that I had who walked me through those five values. And then you'll start seeing the default decisions you make in your life are, in fact, aligned with your top five values. And there's a couple of surveys you could do online. Mm-hmm. Most of them are free, takes no more than 20 minutes. So that's number one. And once you get the values aligned, then you would, of, of, of course, want to know the, the colleague that you're leading or learning from or taking direction from what their values are, what makes them tick.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: goes back to that same relationship box, right? We're trying to build a relationship. The second thing is There's a saying that I use a lot in in the transformation because we're in a full-blown transformation. That means adaptable leadership-wise, me as a CEO, I need to act a certain way, make quick decisions, keep us advancing as forward. Mm -hmm. We don't have room for analysis paralysis. We have Mm -hmm. a short period of time, right? So it's a different leadership style. So quality activities define what we're going to do when the waters are stormy. Mm -hmm. What I mean by waters are stormy is that only captains that know how to navigate stormy waters will have the leadership DNA to tackle that adaptable leadership mindset, right? right? That means you need to allow your teammates to fail fast and people are saying forward. I just keep it simple. Let them fail.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when we say that, please do not take that lightly. When you fail and, and you go in as a captain say, this is my fault.
0: Mm-hmm. What
1: did you learn from it? You move on. If the failure is to too big, then you kind of go into more of a coaching moment, mm-hmm. but you as a leader have to take accountability for all the failures, mm. because if you don't, how are you giving room for your colleagues to learn? No one was born to be in a transformation, right? I learned it too right, from my own failure. So I think uh, that trust builds from that piece. A lot of times we're quick to point the fingers, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Even in small mm-hmm. things like that. So it takes guts and courage to to own the failure. Let your colleagues fail. Give them accurate feedback from a sense of caring. Mm -hmm. Don't give them the diplomatic feedback. It's not going to help anyone. Mm -hmm. And and then finally, how you build trust is, again, you go through the journey of that stormy waters and and when the trust reservoir goes down because of values were misaligned or Mm -hmm. misunderstandings took place, then have comeback power. Debias that person and say, you know, okay, yesterday was yesterday. I'm going to go back to that person again and get feedback and course correct. Right. Don't give up on that person. Mm-hmm. I find that colleagues may get irritated by people, put a stamp on them. Oh, this person is always like that, Hider, mm-hmm. They're always upset. You know, you may mm-hmm. have heard that too. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't talk to them. They're too sensitive. <laughs> you know, why do we come up with statements like that? My question is, have you gone deeper? Have you had a coffee chat with them to see what takes? Right. Oh no, Either this person has an ego issue. Okay. Have you told them about that? No. So it's like, you know, I try to break triangles. Mm. So I don't let people get away with something that, especially if my leadership teammates are saying, well, you know, this person doesn't have capacity on my team. So I'm saying to them, who's responsible for creating capacity? You are the leader in that situation. So I think a lot of the role clarity, a lot of lessons learned. And and the last thing I would like to say is being humble. Mm. Being humble enough to read the room, use emotional intelligence, right? Be people smart mm-hmm. and be hungry to kind of learn and improve yourself. And don't let your ego say you're the best thing in town. And, you know, you know, classic stuff like that. Really basics. And then once you build this framework, you'll continue to self-evaluate. So you'll say to yourself in the notebook, what went well today? What could be improved? In mm-hmm. fact, we do that in every single meeting that I lead. Mm-hmm. And when we get the feedback on what to improve, sometimes it's about my lack of good facilitation skills. For example, mm-hmm. today I made a mistake. I didn't let a colleague, I didn't give them the lot of time that they deserved. Mm-hmm. And they snapped in the end because they thought that I wasn't valuing their opinion. So I apologized to them, called them and said, Hey, I apologize. I'll give you the first party in the next meeting. And they said, you know what? I just snapped because we keep on talking about the same issues. We're not advancing forward. Mm-hmm. So it goes back again because of a good relationship they told me the straight goods. We had reciprocity, we achieved a point C solution. And then there's return on social investment, because now we're advancing things forward.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, what I'm taking from what you said, is this really two way street of communication, that you, as a leader have to be open to receiving feedback as well. It's not just you pointing fingers at other people. And for you to be humble and that you fail to as a leader being vulnerable enough and having the courage to admit that. And then everyone right. can grow together. So, yes, exactly. Yeah. One other question I had, you talked about mentorship and I know you're very passionate about mentorship through our, our time together in Rotary 21, <laughs> yes. but yeah. What does mentorship mean to you and how have
1: mentors impacted you? Right. When you're in transformational teams and you are in turnaround teams or you're in teams that no one wants to take on as a leader because of various problems on the team
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you, so I think that's been the trajectory for most of my career. And I love that role, right? Because you put me in a team that's not performing and we kind of build a new team and, and create a high levels of performance and impact. But that really drives me forward. So how have mentors played into that role, into my natural strength zone leadership style? Because when you make a lot of calls in those environments where there's a lot of data is missing, right? Mm-hmm. You're not getting the full story. I call it the unk unks or unknown unknowns. Mm. So the job of a leader in that environment is to make the unknowns known. Mm. So when you make the unknown known, it's going to cause you a lot of despair and your team a lot of despair because if you're in the habit of ignoring the unknowns, you know, it it becomes culture too, right? So you've heard a lot about, you know, my favorite story for that is the Netflix versus Blockbuster. Mm. You know, Netflix executives, when they were starting up, they went to the Blockbuster head office to pitch an idea to collaborate with with Blockbuster and their executives laughed and walked them out laughing out loud, literally, Mm -hmm. And then I think the joke was in the next few years, who was laughing in the end when mm-hmm. they became completely irrelevant? Mm-hmm. And and I think the last blockbuster movie that was rented was called This Is It, which was ironic as well. <laughs> so why do these things happen? You know, that it goes back to the unknowns and making it known. So your mentors play a big role in giving you the straight goods and feedback mm-hmm. without any repercussions. Because perhaps maybe in some cultures, if you speak your mind, you may lose your job. Mm -hmm. I have heard of that. I've probably witnessed that a couple of times, but I've seen other cultures where courageous leadership is applauded and there's something to be said about that, isn't it? So I attribute that to, to, to strong mentors. And if you can have a voice outside of work too, and, um, and respectful, meaningful dialogue to advance your own courage. A lot of times you make a call as a CEO, you're lonely. Mm-hmm. Your team is questioning your calls. Your, your board is probably not sure. Outside people are pointing fingers at you. Mm. So in those moments, I've, I call my mentors. Mm-hmm. And they always say to me, you know, encouraging things to me that some of the things I've mentioned to you already in this podcast. One of them that I, really resonates with me is that they chose you for a reason, Haider.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So don't forget that reason. Why you're here. So I I I think of this as a ticking time clock. We have only two or three years to prove our transformation. So the decisions are not for me or selfishly for the organization. They're in fact for society's greater good. Mm-hmm. Sounds cheesy again, but who got me on that trajectory? Mentors. Right.
0: Mm. And you just touched on this point here, too, where sometimes it can be lonely being a leader because it's a quite specific subset of people that are in those senior leadership positions. And earlier you had talked about too, some of the challenges of discrimination that immigrants can have coming to Canada. So since my podcast is focused on this topic of these struggles and successes when it comes to human connections, I wonder if you could touch on your sort of struggles or successes you had when coming to an immigrant to Canada, to, to where you are now.
1: Yeah. I think the trauma that my father went through, like it impacted all of us at home. So mm-hmm. we took it personally when people were telling him, you don't have Canadian experience. Nope, you can be a PN. It's too late for you now, all those kind of things. And of course it was very tough. So that's a really like a forming experience for most of us. When I took on some really big uh, jobs, some big brands. Yeah, you know, I've, I've seen it all, right? Like you, you go through, you know, a meeting, I remember it was September 11th and, you know, a few weeks after people were joking about the fact that if I had a bomb vest on Mm. and so what you do in that situation, you kind of learn to ignore those things and kind of advance forward. I think society has come a long way and I just, I just, I was, I trained myself to be immune to it Mm -hmm. and I think probably that's also not the right approach. But when you're the only minority leader in a team and, you know, people are making jokes like that, you just, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you got to have thick skin to be in leadership positions, right? Mm. Uh, So I don't know what the answer to that one is, right? But but yeah, definitely seen it all. I've been called names. uh, I've been, you know, ridiculed. I was uh, carded twice in a lounge, airport lounge just recently, actually, a few months ago. Mm. Traveling with my my Rotarian friend. Mm-hmm. And so we both ended up in the same situation. He was let in and not asked any questions. I was asked all types of questions, you can imagine. Right. Uh, and I was made to feel I don't belong in that environment. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: what I do, what I am trying to do now is trying to advance that work forward for all newcomers so right. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can create policies, you can create cultural change, we can kind of create the right rhetoric and, and the power to forgive too, right? Maybe mm-hmm. they just didn't know how to deal with me because I look so different mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe have a different experience. So so yeah, a couple of situations like that had really uh, impacted me and then given me the energy. I would like to thank those people, in fact. Mm. Because the naysayers, and this goes back to the power of mentorship again, my grandma played a huge role in that. And she would say to me, use this as, as fuel to fly the kite higher. The mm. kite always rises against the wind. Mm-hmm. And when you get to the top of the mountain, forgive the people that got you up there because mm. you're already on top of the mountain. So I was so I was thinking about that. And so if you think about it, like I'm on the Premier's Council for Civil Society and Charities. mm mm-hmm giving policy advice, there's a couple of ministers that call ISC for some really sensitive things that we need to do as a community. Right. So hopefully that helps.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a beautiful analogy of this kite flying up and forgiveness as well. It's not harboring hatred or resentment for others. That's right. And yeah, I think through our conversation, it's very clear that you're doing a lot of work or you're creating this massive change through this organization that's benefiting society as a whole. So that's fantastic. So for listeners that might want to get in touch with you or to learn more about your work, where would you like them to go to?
1: Yes, you can follow the the Gateway Connects website. So gatewayconnects.ca. You can also find us on LinkedIn, Immigrant Services Calgary. Mm -hmm. We also have Gateway Connects on there too. And a couple of other social media channels um, that are associated with the big brand. Mm -hmm. And we also have our email address. You can use info at immigrantservicescalgary.ca.
0: Okay, wonderful. And I know we've covered lots of ground in our conversation today, but if you had a final message or takeaway you'd like
1: listeners to have, what would that be? Never undersell your soulful value that you've been given. -hmm. And uh, you all have strengths inside of you. With the power of mentorship and the three R rule, you can find your strengths and scale that strength out and create massive change for the world. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you so much, Heider, for sharing all your insights. It was such an honor
1: being here to chat with you today. Pleasure is all mine. Thanks.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Remember to check out the show notes of the episode where you can find a link to my website, excuses2connect.com. There, you can find out the other initiatives that I'm working on. The intro and outro music were written by Megan Rennie. You can check out her Instagram and SoundCloud in the show notes. There are also links to leave a voice message as I'd love to hear from listeners. You can leave a comment or ask a question that might be featured in a future episode. Lastly, there's a link to buy me a coffee This is a website that supports content creators, where you can donate some money on a one-time or monthly basis. If you love what I'm doing and want to support, you can buy me metaphorical coffee. Finding excuses to connect is what I love to do, what I'm good at, and what I think the world needs more of. Consider sharing this podcast with anyone who might benefit from it. I hope you have a wonderful day and make some new connections. After all, you never know how any connection can transform your life.